Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Thanks to Earl for the update. We're Grant and Danny welcoming you back on the fan. We... Welcome in our audience in Richmond for the first time today. They're with us for the next three hours. If you are listening on the flagship all over the DMV, 1067, the fan in and around D.C., we're taking you up to 630 tonight. Jay Gruden is on the show at 5. Earl mentioned this. The Wizards lost by 20 last night. They got 23-10 and 10 from Kristaps Porzingis, who's been really good, and Kyle Kuzma, who might be an all-star, 19-8, and 8, but not enough from everybody else. They were only two-point dogs in this game, and they got blown out. Uh, they fall to seven under 500 now. No Zion, no Brandon Ingram. Not a good look, is all I'm saying. You, with those guys clicking, I mean, New Orleans is one of the surprise teams in the sport. CJ McCollum is a great piece. Zion Williamson is a star. Brandon Ingram is the best player nobody talks about. Now that those last two guys played last night. So, that's not great. The Nats are not spending money. They're not going to spend money. Uh, this ownership group at this point is trying to sell and not adding any dollars at all to the bottom line. And so Mike Rizzo and his staff, it looks like, are being asked to basically find guys they kind of like for a million or $2 million and don't spend more than 10 or $12 million this offseason. It's seemingly what is happening here. But with that as the backdrop, now it's very important, again, that that is the backdrop for my next comment. Okay, so nobody pay attention to the first part, only hear this part. I kind of get steamed up for Corey Dickerson. There it is. Now, in a world where... Which world? You can't spend any money, and you're not allowed to acquire real good talent, and you're not allowed to compete in the NL East, and every fan who likes that team should be livid right now. In that world, Corey Dickerson in left field, that's my guy. I've always been a Corey Dickerson guy. He's a career 280 hitter with a career 800 OPS. He can swing it a little bit. He can roll the pole. He can hit. I what's he done non Colorado division? I've kind of lost track a little bit. So Pittsburgh, he did some good things. Uh huh. Hit three hundred for the Pirates multiple times. Got traded to the Phillies. A little bit of a disappointment in Miami with the Marlins. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Showed well in Toronto in a good lineup in a good ballpark. Last year did not go very well in St. Louis. I see. He's also just been. You think Carson Wentz is well traveled lately? <laughs> I mean, this guy can't get his bags unpacked before he's getting back on a train to go somewhere. At this point. But right now, here's your Nats lineup. You ready? Corey Dickerson in left. Victor Robles in center. Lane Thomas in right. Jamer Candelario at third with C.J. Abrams at short. Luis yeah. Garcia up the middle at second. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Dominic Smith, the former Met, at first. Yep. K-Bear Ruiz catching, and Joey Manessis is your DH. There are several players in there that I'm going, oh, that's fun. That's neat. And then there's some that aren't that exciting. And the Nationals. What happened, Charlie? Do not score. Yeah. Thank you, Darius. He's a nice guy, Darius. Darius is. He's a nice guy. <laughs> super nice. His job is to entertain. He's a nice guy. <laughs> let's get to the commanders and Sam Howell. Well, actually, let's 
detour real quick to the NFL coaching carousel. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I, I heard a conversation today on national radio about other coaches that could be added to the carousel here of openings. So there's some thought nationally that Sean Payton would want to come back in New Orleans and that Dennis Allen would be out with the Saints. I think that that is fun fantasy football first couple days of the offseason fodder. I don't think he will come back this year, and I definitely don't think he's coming back to coach the Saints who have a lot of the same problems in a bad quarterback situation. Yeah, bad cap and everything else. Um, They could trade him. Because That's right. they have his rights. So if another team would want him, and, and I know, I think it was the Dolphin. No, no, who was it? The, uh, the Broncos, rather, have asked to talk to him. They could trade Sean Payton for picks and stuff like that. That's possible. But he's not going to be coaching the Saints. This is a tried and true plan. I call it the John Gruden plan. I'm sure other people did this before him, but I noticed when Gruden was doing this. Every year, his agent or whoever was on the team would just float out that he had, he had interest in coaching. Would just float it. Constantly letting people know that John Gruden is thinking about coming back or this team was linked to Gruden potentially. And all he did was get more and more money from ESPN to not coach, eventually parlaying that into a 10-year, $100 million deal. John Harbaugh's doing it. Not which Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh's doing it right now, flirting with NFL teams. Maybe he takes a job, maybe he doesn't. But you keep your name in the rotation. Sean Payton leads a very cushy existence at the moment where the reputation probably outseeds his coaching acumen. You let it simmer every year, you look great on television, make a couple insightful comments, float your interest, and you're going to get a mega ridiculous deal in a couple of seasons. I'm not a big pat-yourself-on-the-back guy, but I am standing very firmly, it would appear, in the circle of correctness. Your boy's been calling that Sean McVay is leaving the Rams to go to TV since September. That's happening, right? I mean, he is rolling on out of there. And here's what's going to happen, is it's going to be billed as... He needs a break. He needs to step back. Guy's in his 40s. He's fine. He'll be okay. What he wants to do is get away from that tire fire that's about to happen in LA. Because that's a rebuild on its way with no means to rebuild. Uh, They just traded all the picks. Mm -hmm. They gave up all their first rounders for years. They basically made one deal with the future devil after another. And I think Sean McVay looks up and goes, do I really want to be around here for the next three or four years and we're going 6-11? and I don't want to do that. I could go make $20 million a year on TV and then handpick the situation I come back to if I want to be with Justin Herbert when he's going into year six in the NFL or whatever. I want to go to a market I like on the East Coast. Maybe by then Bezos is coaching Washington. He gets $18 million a year to come coach the Commanders uh, because they've got the hot shot quarterback. Can you imagine that? I think McVay is leaving L.A. and he will be doing TV next year. Because it's more fun and he can make just as much money. So in September, I was, I don't want to say I was mocking you, but I mocked the idea. I was like, they're, they're going to be good again. They'll be right back in the playoff hunt. I don't think they'll repeat because that's hard to do, but they'll be good. There's no way they fall off the table and then they fell off. I didn't think it would be this bad by any means. I just thought they wouldn't win the Super Bowl and the window starts to close and you can get out while the getting is good. Yeah, this isn't started to close. This was slammed shut and painted over. Like that, they're awful, and they got no way to be good for a minute. What if Les Snead rolls out, too, and the two guys who are wearing the bleep the pick shirts? It does kind of feel shady to the fans. Now, you have a Super Bowl that they got you, so maybe that's all that matters and nothing else does. 
But those two guys basically mortgage the future that they don't have to worry about if they both leave. Just to, just that you know that clap motion where you go up and down with your hands and go, it's all for me, and you walk out of there, light a match. They, they're just rolling out like a Michael Bay movie with the yeah. explosion behind them. Oof. But there, there are people left to pick up all those pieces, man. That about wraps her up. I just I can't see McVay coming back. Could be wrong. Maybe he announces he'll be coaching next year. I'd be stunned. You know what would be really nice for him? That that cushy spot next to Al Michaels on Thursday Night Football you for Amazon Prime. stay in L.A., right? You live there with your mansion that overlooks the whole world, your supermodel lady wife. You work once a week flying someplace to break down how great somebody is on, uh, on a Thursday Night Telecast. Oh, yeah, cushy. Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew had a press conference in Ashburn today. Unlike Sean McVay, it doesn't seem like they are going anywhere. Neither of them was definitive, I would say, on any topic, but certainly when it came to Sam Howell's future, the quarterback position, what they're going to do. Um, Mayhew said a lot of the same things from one year ago at this time with the idea that they'll overturn every stone and they're not going to rule out a veteran or or a draft pick or moving around in the draft. Something that they did early in last year's draft, moving back to get John Dotson. Question for you guys on the phones, though, right now is, should they just right now come to the decision that they're not going to do the last year's plan thing where they decide we have to get a quarterback and then they're so worried maybe that they don't get one that they just take whoever's best. And that's how they got to Carson Wentz. They tried to get Russell Wilson and thank God that didn't work. They went down the list. There was a report. They almost traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. That led to Rivera being upset. Remember in Chicago saying that that wasn't true and it wasn't fair to Carson Wentz that that story had come out. Should they just this week sit around in the meeting rooms in Ashburn, in the boardroom and say, we are going to give Sam Howell a chance at this job to come out of camp next year. Whatever else happens at quarterback will be to supplement him, a veteran to help him, a proven backup or keeping Heineke around, but naming him the QB two. Is that something that should be on the table right now? Yes. No, I don't think the way everyone else does. And they don't have the luxury to think the way that I do because everybody that's ever had these kinds of jobs is in the business of self-preservation and covering their own butts. So they won't do this, but they should because the best thing for the organization is to allow, and I'm not sitting here telling you, Sam Howell is so amazing, just y'all wait and see. I'm going, no, 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 no. I'm not doing the veteran cast-off bargain DVD bin ever again. I refuse to participate. The only time that's acceptable is if a future Hall of Famer gets so disgruntled with his current organization that somehow MVP caliber Peyton Manning shakes free with some years left or Tom Brady and Bill Belichick can't be in the same room anymore and you get, you know, again, one of the best to ever do it in Brady to shake free. I'm not doing the broken-down third team in three years. If he was still good, he'd be on his current team situation. I'm never doing that again. So they should draft somebody, but they're not in a great position to do that. And I don't want this group evaluating or mortgaging the future when they won't be here to see it. What the best thing for this organization is to do, what the smartest, most salient thing to do is, you play Sam Howell and you supplement him with a readily available, cheap backup quarterback. There's a million of those guys. It's the Case Keenum tier. They're always available at all times. You could pay $5 bucks and have a veteran in the room to help him out. If Howell is good, ta-da, problem solved. I'm not counting on that. If he's not good, you're in a great position to then get the guy that is good. And it's going to be the next regime that picks for you. This is not how organizations, it's not how general managers, coaches, or whomever think, but it's how those of us outside that were here for 
Gibbs too and Shanahan and Gruden and Allen and all these other guys that were in charge of this stuff will be here when this group is gone. They can't worry about self-preservation. The best thing for this organization is to just wear it next year with Sam Howell and do the thing they should have done, frankly, for each of the last three years, and that's find a kid quarterback to try to groom and develop. Yeah, I actually am a proponent of Howell getting a chance to be the guy as well, but it has nothing to do with the reason that I think a lot of fans are suddenly enamored with him. It has nothing to do, I won't say nothing, but very, very, very little to do with Sunday against Dallas. That is at most 5% of why I would be perfectly fine giving Hal the offseason and ultimately bringing in, I'm going to say the name all offseason, you're going to get tired of hearing this, but it's just a guy like this, Uh right? A Jacoby Brissett kind of guy. And the reason I would do that is, I think that what they want to be, and they reiterated it in their press conference again today, you shouldn't be spending huge money on a quarterback like Carr or like Garoppolo or frankly like Wentz, and then asking him to do it that way. And I do think there have been mixed signals, right? You spend that money and give up what you did for Wentz, and you draft a wide receiver in the first round only to be a team that is run first, run second, run third, pass fourth, and then run fifth, where Mayhew today is saying he really liked that they were 2-1 to one in run-pass balance in the final week of the season, and that's who they want to be. But if you want essentially to be a great defense, top five, two of the last three years statistically, top 10 hopefully next year, further upgrade that unit, be a run-first team, upgrade your offensive line, save all the money you'd be spending, 30 or so million, on a veteran quarterback, and dump that money into pain mm-hmm. and curl and sweat extensions and onto the offensive line or whatever else. And while I don't think Hal's the long-term answer, I don't think three or four years from now he's winning playoff games in Washington. Best case scenario, he plays well enough that he's an answer. Yeah, that he's good. Worst case scenario, he falls on his face and Brissett and he together are the QBs of a really bad season. And at that point, you're probably blowing out the front office and the coaching staff after four years, and you're starting all the way over. But doing that with everyone at once for the first time in a long time, where the GM, the coach, the quarterback are all out together and you're starting from scratch, oh, by the way, with a new owner potentially, would also not be the worst thing in the world. So that's another reason why I'm okay with that rather than a commitment to Garoppolo that another staff or GM might inherit. Not that interested in that. And then the last thing would be, I do believe in today's NFL, if you're trying to do what they want to do, the Giants are kind of my model, okay? The Giants, this is not what Brian Dayball wants to be. Brian Dayball was the play caller and OC and designer for the Bills the last couple years with Josh Allen, Yeah, lest we forget. High octane, greatest show in football. They thought running plays were dumb plays. He never ran. Devin Singletary got six carries in a game, and it was too many for... For Brian Dable. People basically said this guy does not know how to call a running play. This year, he goes to New York, and they are a defense and run first team with a mobile quarterback who he worked a lot of designed runs into that offense for Daniel Jones to make Barkley better, to make that offense sing. It was an integral piece to the puzzle. I think you could do some of that with Sam Howe. Now, is Scott Turner the man for the job? They got to figure that out. You know, can he be there, Brian Dable? Can he do that? I'm not sure, but that to me is what I would be looking for next year is 
Sam Howell as a dual-threat quarterback who basically is asked to throw it like 25 times a game, don't throw picks, which is what the Giants told Daniel Jones this year. By the way, he has way worse weapons than Howell would have here. That's right. McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, all better than any of the pass catchers in New York. Add a tight end and an O-line. Have him run around a little bit with Robinson and with Gibson. There's no reason if this defense is top 10 that you couldn't do something like what the Giants did, who are three-point dogs. I mean, they may well win a playoff game mm-hmm. this year, something that hasn't happened here since 05. So I'm totally okay with it. Difference between being okay with it and for it, but I would even say I might be for it. Not for the reasons, though. Everyone else seems to think he's the guy. It's the distinction we, we I want to draw. the guy, and I'm not playing that game. Yeah. I'm just saying... You know what didn't work is what you did last year. Should we really do that again? Yeah, I'm for it, not because I'm fooled by a pretty good sample of a fourth quarter or of, of a week 18 game, right? I'm not. It's 19 passes, man. Yeah. I'm do I'm doing it because it makes practical sense for the best way to finally build something. I would feel the exact same way for the record if he didn't play against the Cowboys. Now I have more conviction that he might be able to do it. Because you saw some things. Because I saw that yeah. he made NFL throws and made NFL decisions and I really liked when I rewatched the game and now having done it last night and on Sunday night, what I really like is how decisive he was leaving the pocket as a, as a carrier of the football and sliding, which is a skill, you mm-hmm. know, decisions not to get hit. Like all that stuff was dynamite. Yep. Really, really strong. Let's go to Vaughn and Alexandria. What do you make of the possibility of Sam Howell getting a shot to be the guy, or do they have to just do better than a, fifth-round pick with no experience. Uh, can I make a few comments first? Danny, doesn't it feel good to, to have the quarterback throw a ball and the guy catches it on a run and, and stride and keeps running? Didn't that just feel good for one time? I'm in favor of that. that. I, I'll go on the limb and say that. I, I, listen, a lot of sports talk guys don't want to be controversial nowadays. I like that. I like when my quarterback does that. Some people want guys it, to stop and good. reach back. Not me. I like the in-stride type throws. I'll say that. And, Danny, quick question for you. Uh, listening to that press conference, I know I'm off topic, but listening to that press conference, I was so irritated that no one followed up to the BS that they were speaking. Like like you just mentioned, when um, Martin said we want to be two-to-one running the ball, did anybody think to follow up with that? It's like, what if you can't do that? How do you plan to respond to that? Like, we've seen the games where you couldn't run the ball. What's your response? That's the reason why we're in this predicament. Well, that, here's the problem, though. Thanks, Thanks Vaughn, for the call. In those settings, it's really, really difficult to have any kind of an exchange. Not that that's even the job of the reporter, right? You ask the question, you get your answer, you move along. But there are times when you can follow up and you can drill down. And and I think that's really instructive. And that's where you get good answers and good content and fans can learn. Because it's not just your stock answer, right? It's almost like a... A presidential debate? Uh-huh. The first question, you get the prepared answer off the index cards that they've been studying all night. Then you follow up and you get them off script a little bit. The problem is in that setting when you've got 25 or 30 people all trying to get questions in over 30 minutes, there's already going to be 10 or 12 questions everyone has that don't get asked. Not everyone's going to get the mic when they need to, which is another issue. If everyone's just you know like the movies from 25 years ago, just raising their hand and asking about Seabiscuit, it's a whole different world. But now you got to wait for a microphone, and yeah. someone's got to pass it to you, and then on the way, three other people are going to grab it. It gets really, really complicated and hard to just follow up. It's not on a one on one. It's not an extended thing, exactly. an interview for 10, 12, 15 minutes. It's you let the guy say what he's going to say. Should they 
give Sam Howell a legitimate chance to be the quarterback. Because I think that's a reasonable take. Here's the other problem, though, Danny, and we can look at it from this side too next. This staff is going into year four. It's a year where they have to win. This year, some people, I think, made the case they had to make a violent jump or they were in a little bit of trouble. I never felt like that would be the case. But don't we all agree? Don't you think Rivera and the Marty Herney and the other Marty, don't you think they'd all agree? If we're here for four years without 10 wins, we're in big trouble. I mean, right, that, that, that's fair. They've got to know. Can you get there with Sam Howe? Or do they have to try to swing for the fences rather than a base hit to get on base with a fifth-round pick last year? Phones are open. MGM National Harbor listener lines, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. We're Grant. He's Commander Danny on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.